of wine, exploring all things wine with you. We are your hosts, Kim Simone and Mark Lenzi, and you can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. everyone and welcome to this week's installment of the wonderful world of wine i'm kim simone i'm here with my partner in wine crime who is as he calls me mark Lindsay. how are you mark how are you kim everything is great we, we haven't used that uh, term in a long time <laughs> i know you usually reserve that for uh in-person classes and we yeah obviously we're not causing not any been, trouble so no we i haven't say been it. doing a lot of uh a lot of that stuff that we could get into trouble so <laughs> So we are going to be talking a bit about summer grilling or late summer, early fall grilling because we still have some uh, warm weather ahead of us, hopefully. You know, here in Massachusetts, we can we can grill all year if we feel like it, but September and October can still be nice months to uh, throw some things on the grill. And what better thing to pair with those grilled foods than a whole variety of wines? So we have some wine ideas for you for your late summer, early fall grilling. And uh, I believe this particular article came to us from reference at Wine Folly. Am I correct? Yes, Madeline, yep. another great Wine Folly article. For us yep, to go so over. she makes wonderful visuals for uh, their website, but I also really like, you know, how approachable she makes wine and learning about wine. You know, one of the things that we we constantly hear is that people think that learning about wine is, you know, snobby and stuffy and there's, oh, there's so much information out there. Where do I start? Well, if you were to go to one website and start learning about wine, we would say go to Wine Folly because they really make things accessible and easier to understand. And it's a great place to just jump in with both feet. So for this one, uh, they gave us a list of, I think it was 12 or so commonly grilled foods and what kinds of wines would be excellent with those foods. So you want to kick us off and tell us what the first one was, Mark? Yeah. Well, first, Kim, I had to, I wrote myself a note when I saw this about the barbecue because you being the foodie, you know, and one thing I do grill, not very often, but I do grill and I do, like you say, I do it all season long. And the first thing when I was going through all these pairings with barbecue foods, my question for you was, does it matter when you're pairing wine, if you're cooking on a gas grill or a charcoal grill? I think it matters a little bit because when you're on a charcoal grill, you're getting, I think, more of that smoke flavor than just the, the char. So I think that grilling on a gas grill is more akin to, say, broiling your food under you know, a hot broiler element in your oven. But there's something about the smoke in a either a charcoal grill or if you're um, like literally smoking something and you've got like applewood chips or um, some other kind of flavorful wood in there adding that particular aroma of that particular type of wood smoke to your food. So I do feel like there is a difference. Um, and we use both here uh, at home. Um, my husband is a fantastic griller. 
Uh, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm more the in-kitchen griller, but he takes a lot of pride in his grilling. So uh, most of the time, if we have the time, we do it for over nice charcoal. But if if we want just something quick and we want still that, you know, nice little little bit of grilling that goes on with the gas grill, then we have a little little gas griller for that too. But I think there is a difference. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And that's where I hope and you were going that I think the smokiness from the charcoal gives totally different flavors to the foods that, you, that you're grilling than mm-hmm. a regular gas grill. So I was just thinking of that when they were going through the food types, because I was thinking, what would I cook that on? You know, what would I experiment this food with to pair it with the wine? So I, I just wanted to get that out of the, first before we talk about the food and the pairings that they yeah, talk Yeah, no, that's about. a great question. So the first one is right up my alley because it's very simple and everybody's <laughs> done it is hot dogs, and they said with mustard and sauerkraut. Now, they lost I thought it was awesome that she started with hot dogs. I'm like, hot dogs? Yeah. Of course. Well, of course. It's American <laughs> hot dogs, right? Well, I was thinking, that it. was you know, before I started reading this article, I was like, oh, so she's going to do like ribs and brisket and smoked pork shoulder, and the first one is hot dogs. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, oh which oh, right yeah. at this level. Okay. <laughs> Well, like you said, she's she does things very simple. So simple. she started out very simple. And Absolutely. it's very relatable, right? Yep. Everybody can relate to a hot dog on the grill. Totally. And you know, the the only thing that was different here was saying, you know, she said mustard and then she said with sauerkraut. So I think her pairing was based all on if you put sauerkraut on the hot dog. Well, I, I think that this can be approached as sort of a category kind of thing. So Yes, she did mustard and sauerkraut for hers, but sauerkraut is a cousin of pickles. So, you know, if you like pickle relish on yours or you like pickles on the side, you know, a nice dill pickle to go with your grilled meal, you know, that's not a far cry from sauerkraut. We eat all those things around here. So I kind of feel like she's going for a a theme here. And some people do like sauerkraut on their their dogs and other people don't. I'm I'm a mustard and relish person myself. But um, I, I can kind of see the direction that she was going in, especially with this wine pairing. Yeah, and she picked Riesling to go with this, and w- which made great sense because she said the acidity works well with, with mm-hmm. the sauerkraut. When the acidity also would work well with the, with the mustard, sure. I feel. Yeah, whether it's yellow mustard or spicy brown mustard or any kind of mustard. I put an exclamation point next to this one because one of my absolute favorite food and wine pairings is this sauerkraut dish that I make with apples and sauerkraut. And you can throw pierogies in there and kielbasa, which, you know, pretty closely related to hot dogs. And the only thing that I will ever drink with it is Alsatian Riesling, sometimes Alsatian Pinot Gris. But it has to be in that category of wine because I've found that it's just such a perfect combination. So I am totally down with the pairing of Riesling with um, hot dogs and mustard. (laughs) Yeah, it works. I mean, the only thing I've ever tried with a hot dog at one point was a Chardonnay. I tried like I had like a creamy Chardonnay with the hot dog, and it it worked pretty good. Mm. So I never tried a Riesling with the with the hot dog, but yep. I will now. Yeah, I will often do Riesling with sausages because I but just that works feel too. Because like if you had a spicy sausage or, or a hot sausage, yeah. it kind of cuts through that. And spiciness. it cuts through. Riesling is just oh, in so many ways is so perfect because if you've got something spicy and you have that little touch of sweetness and fruitiness to it, it you know it helps there. And but it's also got that nice bright acidity, and that goes with so many things. So it balances out that sauerkraut. It balances out that mustard. 
It cleanses your palate after the fattiness of that sausage. There's just so many good things about Riesling to go with a dish like this. So thumbs up to Riesling. Yeah, misunderstood and not appreciated enough lately. (laughs) And it doesn't have to be a sweet one. A lot of people shy away from Riesling because they think it's going to be too sweet, but there are some really great dry ones out there from the Finger Lakes of New York and from Oregon and from Germany. So uh, some delicious things for all palates and Alsace. Good suggestion. Yeah. So our second one is something that I consider to be a bit of a classic. They say grilled corn on the cob and Chardonnay. And this combination of corn and Chardonnay, I really feel is really quite a lovely, delicious match. Yeah, she's talking buttery Chardonnay here. Yeah. Totally, totally works for me. It makes sense. Buttery, creamy, maybe a little touch of sweetness in there. It's, It's one of these situations where you have similar flavors in the wine and and the food together. So sometimes we like to, pl- to pair complementary flavors and sometimes we like to pair contrasting flavors. And this is one of those situations where they really mirror each other and, and it totally works. And I admit, Kim, I've never cooked an ear of corn on any type of grill. No? I always get nervous they're going to burn up or something. I'm or just... turn into popcorn or something. Yeah. Have you yeah. ever done it? Yeah. Now, um, we've done husks? it where you... In the husks, yeah, where yeah. you soak the whole ear of corn in water for, it's like an hour or two. It's, it's quite a while. And then the ear of corn steams inside the husk and it gets completely cooked. It doesn't take too long. And you, you're left with a little bit of a smoky flavor, but it peels really, really easily. So it's a really nice way to make corn on the cob. I have to try it. You should try it. Have and have it with a Chardonnay. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I totally agree with that. I'll, I'll, my Chardonnay yeah. again, I'll go with yeah. that. Yeah, corn and Chardonnay is, is wonderful. So the next barbecue pairing suggestion was grilled oysters and pair that with Albarino. This is and the one that had me scratching my head a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Because I don't know where, wow. where are people eating grilled oysters? Like I, then I was thinking, well, there is grilled seafood. And if you're having, you know, like a clam bake and you're on the beach, or maybe you've got a grilled lobster and you're on vacation. But I can't say that grilled oysters is anything that often comes to my mind. So oh, I thought this was an interesting so thing today. to add to the list. I can't believe we agreed so much today. It's like, <laughs> it must be a full moon or something. I think today. we agree more than you think uh, we agree. <laughs> no, I, I, maybe this is something regional. Maybe. Know. Maybe. They are in the Pacific Not Northwest. Not close so. to the ocean, maybe they do this. I, I, but the no, pairing no. was even strange because when right away I saw oysters on the list, I'm like, well, of course, she's going to pair it with classic Chablis, mm-hmm. right? Because that's the classic pairing. But no, she goes with Albarino. So I'm down with the pairing, honestly. Because yeah. I've, because- I've done oysters and Albarino, and it's actually quite nice. Now, she was saying because of the citrus notes of the mm-hmm. wine, because you're assuming you're going to put some sort of citrus on the oysters, correct? Right. So instead of giving your shellfish a hit of lemon or a little bit of tartar sauce, you're doing the same job, but with your glass of wine. So when you are pairing this type of shellfish and seafood with wine, you generally want white almost all the time. And it want it, you want it to be a white wine that has a lot of crisp acidity and citrusy notes. So instead of that lemon, you've got your wine instead. And it seems like there could have been so many other things too, playing on that. You could have went with Sauvignon Blanc. You can go with a, maybe a Tarantes or something like that. Mm. I, I made a lot of choices. Unfortunately, I don't like oysters, so <laughs> I'm never going to figure out this one because I'm not, I'm not eating them. Yeah, but I, I, like think them? You're, I think your you're reasoning behind why this 
pairing made the list is probably because they're from, I believe they're from Washington State or Oregon, but they're from the Pacific Northwest and there's a lot of oysters out there. So I can imagine that that um, maybe is a little bit more of a typical summer food out there than it is here. Like for us, it's lobster. Um, You know, we wouldn't think twice about putting a lobster pairing on a list, but this one has us scratching our heads a little bit, but I, I think you're totally right that it's, it's just a regional difference. Yeah. You're listening to The Wonderful World of Wine, and we are your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone, exploring all things wine with you. If you'd like to get more information about Kim, please go to her website at vinitaswineworks.com. If you'd like to get more information about myself, please go to franklinliquors.com. If you'd like to listen to past episodes of our show, go to SoundCloud or iTunes. We're back, and today talking about barbecue foods paired with wines. And so far, we've talked hot dogs, we've talked about corn, we've talked about oysters. And next on the list, Kim, is bratwurst, which is something I really don't eat. But you talked about sausages earlier. I kind of relate these to those. Would you? Yeah, I think that we can expand this category. And instead of calling it specifically bratwurst and wine, let's just say sausages. And wine. I mean, there's a lot of variety out there in in sausages. I think in my freezer, I probably have four different kinds just right now. But you could do, you know, Italian sausages and mild or sweet, or you could do hot pepper things, or you could do bratwurst, or you could do kielbasa, or you could, I mean, there's so much out there for sausages. But they, a lot of them do have a lot in common. So there's usually a little bit of a spicy element to it, sometimes an herbal element uh, as well. And usually the meat will be pork. There are some like beef kielbasas out there. Some people do chicken sausages, but overall I would say we're probably talking about pork here. So kind of medium weight, not too heavy and gamey, but I really liked the wine suggestion uh, that she went with for sausages, which was Zweigelt, which is a word I love to say, and is in this category of lighter red wines from sort of the more Germanic regions of Europe. Zweigelt. Yeah, and I like how you say it. Always <laughs> sounds good, right? So, and Thank she's you. also recommending when you serve this red, serve it with a slight chill yeah. to complement this barbecue. Yeah, food. it's this zippy, lighter style of red. And there are other things besides the Zweigelt that I feel would be a nice pairing on here as well. You could go with a Beaujolais. You could go with German Pinot Noir, which there's a lot more really delicious German Pinot Noir out there and not a lot of people know about them, but I think that they're delicious and they're absolutely fantastic with food. So these are all sort of that lighter category, zippy, bright, fruit forward, and really cut through the fattiness of the sausages really, really nicely. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the German Pinot Noir because that's mm. what I made a note of is that I love Pinot Noir with sausage. Just be the spice aspect of it. It's lighter, so it's not like overpowering the sausage like mm-hmm. Cabernet would. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really like that combination. I'm glad glad you mentioned it. And there's something nice about the German ones too in that they're not as muscular as the California ones. So they've got a little bit more of like a lighter, elegant style to them. And I feel like that just makes such a, a really pretty food pairing. Yeah, and cooler climate, so it's mm-hmm. lighter alcohol. So this time of year, you want something a little lighter to go with maybe the heavier You know, the food might be a little heavier. And And like you said, Mark, you know, put a little bit of a chill on it. Like only like stick it in the fridge for like 20 minutes, maybe a half an hour. And it's so much more refreshing. And because it's not super heavy, it can hold that chill without feeling too like dull in your mouth. 
And you mentioned all type of sausages. Lately, I've been really into Chinese link sausages. Have you ever had these on the grill? Are those the red ones? Yes. Yes. My, my and, mother loves them. And I think it works great with the, the wine suggestions too, even mm-hmm. though it's you know, still a little spice. The problem I have with the Chinese links is I can never tell if I cook them right because they're red to stop. <laughs> so I always get real nervous. I suppose you can always take their temperatures. No, no. <laughs> Not on the grill. It's nah. either burnt or just super hot. <laughs> so I know it's cooked. Especially on the, cho- the-, the charcoal grills. I, I, for years, oh I God. still haven't perfected the charcoal grill. It's either too hot or not hot enough, but, mm. but I love using it. So it's more work, but it's worth it. It's a learning experience. Sure is. Sure is. Yep. So, next, right, so Kim, now we have something for the vegetarians on our list. Portobello mushroom caps. So they're talking about like a, like a big mushroom that would stand in for a steak or a cut of meat and Pinot Noir. So this is another one that got an exclamation point from me because this is another uh, really favorite food and wine pairing of mine. Pinot Noir, what style would you recommend, Kim? Because mm. of the earthiness, the spice. Yeah, I would go with sour. something European. Like I would immediately go to France because I find that those have more of that kind of funky, earthy flavor to them. Oregon would be a close second, but you want something that has a little bit of that earthiness, that kind of mushroomy quality of its own, uh, which like when we were talking about the corn and the Chardonnay, you know, this is a, a, a like, likes, like kind of situation where the flavors in the wine will mirror the flavors in the food. And that's what makes them match so nice. Um, but I love mushrooms and Pinot Noir, absolutely kind of in any shape or form. So this would be um, a really nice combination. Yeah, I also made a little note on this. Hits right on what you were saying about earthiness because I said with this, it's Bordeaux. You know, that forest floor, earthy Bordeaux. You'd go with Bordeaux instead of Burgundy? I would. I would because of the earthiness I always get from certain Bordeaux. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of a nice point because, you know, we're concentrating on pretty much just grape varieties on this one. But when you step back and ask the question of, well, why are you recommending that particular grape variety? In this case, it's because of the earthiness. So we can say, okay, well, we want something with earthiness to it. So yes, Pinot Noir works, but for you, there's a whole nother style of wine grapes and wine, a wine region that has that personality for you. So that's really cool that there's another thing out there that has that same flavor and that you, that you do your pairing with. And they're totally different styles, what you like and what I like, but they both work, which is yeah. cool. And I think a lot of times too in the mushroom, I'm stuffing it with some sort of meat. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't go all vegetarian, so I need something a little heavier than the pinot <laughs> at that point. So. That's well, you know, cool. mushrooms and sausages also go well That's together, it. You got to so. stuff them. You got to stuff them. <laughs> nice. Next, it was a classic, a beef kebab on the barbecue and pairing it with, someone might think this is an unusual pairing, but with a common year with beef kebabs. What did you think of this, Kim? I see where they're going because they're saying that on your kebab, you don't just have meat, you've got vegetables too. And those vegetables might be onions, they might be tomatoes, and they probably are going to be peppers, green peppers. And one of the things that is a standout for me that always tells me I've got carmonair in my glass when I smell it and taste it is this green bell pepper vegetable herbal note to it. And it's the same compound in the wine as actually in the green peppers. I'm going to get all geeky right here. They're called pyrazines. 
So you have this green pepper note in the wine and you have green peppers on your kebab. So you put the two together and again, you've got that sort of flavor symbiosis going on. Green, it's all green. Yeah, if you want to play on the, on the green part of it, you could, to me, it's anything Chilean red, most yes. of the time you get that, totally. that concept. So Yeah, not just this grape variety, but anything from Chile. Absolutely, you're totally right. You want yeah, something and, a little heavier. You want something a little heavier, so Carmenere. I actually feel like Merlot would work well here too. It doesn't have as much of that greeny flavor to it. I'm a little more kind of plummy red, flute, red fruit character. Yeah. But um, I also feel like Merlot would be an, a really nice, if you can't get your hands on Carmenere, go with the Merlot yeah. for, for these. Definitely, that works. Yep. What was next, Kim? Barbecue. Cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers. All right. We went from hot dogs. Now we're bringing me back. That's cheeseburgers. right. This is right back in, uh, in your ring here with cheeseburgers on the grill. But she went kind of an unusual wine pairing, I thought. Not like you, you're thinking cheeseburger. I'm thinking American, something California. No, she went to Italy. Yeah, a little non-traditional there. So Sangiovese with mm-hmm. a cheeseburger. I've yeah. never done this, but I will now. Yeah, she was, in her review of why this works, she was raving about this combination of cheeseburgers and Sangiovese. So much so that I think the next time I get burgers, I'm going to have to do it. I've done, last time I did did cheeseburgers and Chateauneuf de Pop because I had fancy wine in my cellar that needed to be drunk and had cheeseburgers. (laughs) But when you chose that, you you were saying, okay, this wine is heavy enough to go. Exactly. Right. But Sangiovese is more of a medium bodied bread. Mm-hmm. And she went because, and she said it cuts through the fat, right? Yeah, absolutely. Which was interesting. Well, I think that makes, makes total sense. She says you want something that's going to cut through the grease and the fat and the salt. And so Sangiovese generally is, you know, we've got some pretty tight tannins in there and it's also loaded with acidity. So that's one of the reasons why it makes such a great food wine. But if you think about like what goes great with beef bolognese, like tomato sauce with a cherry. lot of meat yep. in it. Sangiovese. Yeah, yeah. So, cherry. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of working with the same theme with both of those dishes. So I might need to go out and get myself a bottle of Chianti from Enix Burger. Yeah, we're on the same page. You cook, you cook I'll bring the wine. Okay. <laughs> you got it. All right. <laughs> I put a lot of crazy things on my cheeseburger, so I don't know. You have to make your uh, own. Well, what's, what's crazy? What kind of cheese? I like blue cheese and cheddar. Uh, forget it. And caramelized uh, onion? Blue cheese, no. Barbecue no, no. sauce? Cheeseburgers, <laughs> just, you know, provolone, American, white, something. Okay, American. Fine, I'll do American. <laughs> okay. All right. What was next, Kim? After cheeseburgers, we After had- After cheeseburgers, we have another standby. So we have just grilled chicken. Put some grilled chicken on, on the barbecue. And her recommendation was another one that was a little bit of an unusual pairing. I thought she'd go with something white like Pinot Grigio or Sauvignon Blanc. She went with dry Lambrusco, also from Italy. Yeah, dry a Lambrusco. A favorite style, I have to yeah, say. Yeah, but something that's just not popular right now in, in, in our area or the United States, I feel. Which is but too bad. It's it, a delicious it is. wine. And I just recently tasted three Lambruscos that were just phenomenal. And every time I taste them, I'm like, these are great food wines. And I can see putting that with a grilled chicken. It would just, it, it's great pairing. It would also go great with those sausages. So instead of doing a Zweigelt, you could do dry Lambrusco. It's all that same family yeah. of wines. That would it, also be wonderful. It's funny. It's one of those wines that works with a lot of things. It can go with with mm-hmm. salads, with pizza, with chicken. It, it just covers so many things. 
My favorite thing with Lambrusco was salami. Salami, yeah. or pepperoni, yeah. or you know any of those sort of spicy, spicy dried Italian sausage kind of things. Oh, it's wonderful. Which so, is like so the good. traditional because my Bruce right. comes from the area of the the salami, right? Exactly. So. Yep. So she's saying for, we think of chicken and we generally think of pretty much a blank canvas, something kind of dull that needs to be flavored up with you know sauces or spices or whatnot um, the grilling it does add some flavor like we talked about at the beginning with the smoke of your charcoal so just the act of grilling the chicken is going to kick up the flavor of it so i think that is the reason why this could stand up to a red wine is because by grilling it you've got a little bit of a heartier dish um, and it would really bring out the fruitiness of the wine so you've got this nice um, you know nice pairing of these these two things where both the food and the wine are allowed to shine a little bit here yeah and then the next one Kim right away I thought of you when I saw this because she said grilled salmon and i remember mm. my friend kim saying always drink pink pink with pink, pink. <laughs> right and that's exactly what she recommended and but kind of a unusual pink wine she was saying back to sangiovese with a rosé style mm-hmm. sangiovese so yeah. i knew the pink works because you you say it all the time but sangiovese rosé unusual to me yeah i've seen a, i've seen a few i've had a few I've seen them but i yeah. think Pairing it with salmon was something I've never, you know, it's rosé though, so it makes total sense. But I think those, that difference is very subtle. Whether you're doing a Sangiovese rosé or whether you're doing a Pinot Noir rosé or a Merlot rosé um, or something from the Rhone Valley or something from Provence, you're kind of getting similar flavors. Usually Sangiovese rosé is a little, little more interesting, I think, because it's got more of an orange tint to it than most of the other ones do. That's just the nature of the grape variety. But more of that cherry fruit, like you were just saying about Chianti, you know, it's kind of got a little bit of a, of a cherry thing going on there. So you definitely find that in the rosés of Sangiovese. But again, wonderful food wines and drink pink with pink. Yeah, great advice. Yep. And so finally, we're down to the big classic, what to drink with your grilled steak. And she really finishes off with, this is really the, the classic pairing of all of these things. And it's steak and Cabernet. I can imagine you grilling up a steak and having a glass of Cabernet with it, Mark. Oh, yeah. Anytime I have steak, no matter if it's inside or outside, my go-to is Cab. Nice. And it mostly unoaked, like le- not a lot of oak. Really? As we talked before about the profiles, I like more primary, nice black fruits, not an overpowering oaky Cabernet when I'm having my steak. But, so do you stick to your Bordeaux as opposed then, to your California one? No, no, I go California. But when I think about it, when if I really grilling, especially on the charcoal grill, the oaky cab would work a yeah. little better because yeah. you're getting that that smokiness. Mm-hmm. So but that's I another thing go, to think about with your wine. You know, the oakiness of the wine, which often comes from how much or how little they toast to the inside of the barrel. You know, you're working with those same flavor compounds with the toast of the barrel and then with the barbecue from the wood burning in your um, in your your charcoal grill, so you know you have a lot of those uh, flavors that are playing off each other together because because they're literally both there together. Yeah, it just works. Yes, it does. Classic pairing, like you said. So one thing that I thought was interesting that was left off this list, there is no barbecue sauce to be seen on this list. Yeah, they didn't talk about how, what you're putting on these barbecue yeah. foods. Yeah, so, so it, we didn't talk about ribs or like pork chops or any of those things that I normally will like slather with barbecue sauce right when they come off the grill. 
So I thought that was a little surprising because usually every other list I've seen of what to pair with the things on the grill, there's always something that's like bar- like you know ribs slathered with barbecue sauce. And that did not appear in this one. Yeah. And each one of these dishes she mentioned, the barbecue, like the grilled chicken, for instance, you could say, well, if you're putting this type of sauce on the chicken or this type, you could make a whole list of that just from the one category. You could just talk about different sauces and it doesn't almost matter what the main protein or vegetable is. But it does matter the pairing of the wine because that spice adding to it changes maybe what the profile of the wine should be. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what would you pair with barbecue sauce? Well, barbecue sauce, I like spice. I like I like a lot of Pinot. I like Rones with this yeah. some black pepper spice. Spicy. I like yeah, playing the spicy too. with the spice. My go-to is Infantil because of the fruity. Good choice, yeah. Yeah, because I like like you know if your barbecue sauce has a lot of kind of fruity elements to it, I like I like fruity Zinfandel to go with my barbecue. Mm-mm-mm. I've been slacking on the Zinfandel lately. It just I don't know hasn't. Been- I love them. I haven't been drinking a lot of them either. It's just trending down, and so I haven't been tasting any to to bring mm-hmm. in. You know to to so. Unfortunately, yeah. it's in a lot of red blends though lately. I'll tell you that. Ah, very interesting. Maybe that's what they're doing with the rest of the Zinfandel since yeah. it's trending oh, down as a single varietal bottle. Huh. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I that think- is our article about food and wine pairings on the grill as we move past Labor Day and into September. And hopefully we will be able to continue grilling a little bit more into the fall. Thank you for joining us today on the wonderful world of wine. We've been your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone, exploring all things wine with you. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. We would love any questions or comments you have, and you can find our past episodes on SoundCloud or iTunes. Cheers. Wine, 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 wine.